1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 3M Open, picks, bets, one and done, plus a recap of the Open Championship reminder to all of you to smash the like, sub to Mayo Media Network, and play in the Listener's League. The link is now available down in the description. I don't know if we have two or three more golf Listener's Leagues until 2024, but this is one of them, so let's fill it up as quickly as possible. All right, Jeff Feinberg on the line with me, as is our friend Tim Andagust. Tim Andagust. Not
2: my name. So? How did you feel about the Open Championship? Conflicted. I mean, I had a lot of great picks. It was the second major in a row. I feel like I did a really nice job capping. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, a lot of things went well for me. Um, and I was able to switch sort of some stuff mid-tournament and nail that out of the park. Uh, you know, it was we, pretty clear you, that Harmon had you, this you thing mean, wrapped up Friday when, afternoon.
1: When Harmon was up by six and then you said he was going to win? Is that what you're talking I about? I never wavered. And there were two spots oh, where, you know, he went
0: bogey when you. Bogey. Meant you I thought you meant when you were switching your picks, you were referring to the hole in one, no hole in one that you've tried to play both that you tried to play both sides on.
2: I'm not even going to uh, acknowledge that. Uh, I-, I did figure out very early that Harmon just wasn't going to lose, and it was so clear, like both Saturday and Sunday, when he gave up two bogeys early, he just made big pots. Like it was just his, it was just his thing. Um it made sense too. You guys you guys talked about on the preview show that being a bomber wasn't necessarily an advantage at Liverpool and Ryan Harman is not a bomber. Uh so he just he played great and he and he rolled it great. What are you gonna do? Um I felt good about Scotty Schaufler doing nothing. Uh I had a good sense that he had no real crack at this thing and he didn't. Um Hideki finished T thirteen. I think this is like the fifth out of six tournaments. My one and done has been like top fifteen or better. That wasn't your one and done, um, but okay. Oh, sorry. He was my number one pick. You're right. He wasn't my one and done. He was just my pick to win. You're right. Uh, well, Brooks made the cut, but he didn't make me much money. Um, it was an. It was not a great weekend of golf watching. Uh, but it was nevertheless, you know, there's something satisfying, I suppose, about seeing the person who absolutely deserves to win win it, kill it, and do it in a way that, like, he's probably not going to win another major. I don't think Brian Harmon is teed up to win very many major championships. So the fact that he you know, took advantage of the best opportunity he's ever going to have and won it, and it'll be one of these majors we remember forever as one of those ones where somebody just put their perfect game together. Like, that's kind of cool to see. You don't see that too often, and I we congratulate him. He now go. The other thing I felt great about was that Brian Harmon and I think Cameron Young took two spots on the Ryder Cup team off the table, and it just further moves Team USA in the direction that I want to see them go.
1: Well, what do you mean the direction you're rooting against America in the Ryder Cup? So you think the having those two on the team? (laughs) I I, I actually think that weirdly, because we got into this debate in France in 2018 about the guys that they took versus the guys that they should take for the course that they're going to. Weirdly, they may have backdoored into a guy who's a very good course fit for Italy and would not otherwise have been in the conversation.
2: That I think it's an interesting point. When I said the team I want, I mean I I want the twelve guys who are the best. I don't want guys being taken like Finau or Thomas who have no business being on the team. I, I want to see the U.S. put up what I think is their best twelve guys. And I think Cameron Young and Harmon have taken spots this weekend for sure.
1: I think we're I mean, still I think we're still too far out to say for sure on any of this. We still have the entire playoffs to go. Like Harmon's so gonna be in. sure. So so Harmon's I not think there Harman's for sure.
0: in for sure. Har- Harmon's gonna be in on points,
1: so that's not gonna yeah. be an issue for him. For Cam, and Cam Young.
0: Young's got a lot of work to do. I said on our cut sweat show, I tweeted on Friday that I'd bet Europe. I'd bet Europe. Um, I got him at a gutter book at plus two hundred, and I'm gonna re up on a book with some credit. It's not, I'm not brown bagging this thing. And when I lose the bet, it'll just mix in with the Chargers loss on the Sunday and and it'll be fine. But I'm going to re-up at the plus 185 on on my streeter because I don't need to place uh, it again. Um, I don't think it gets bigger. I think the line is still reflective of, yes, Pat, you've mentioned they may have backdoored themselves into a better team for the course. But I think some of the books still have numbers out there that are reflective of what we thought the U.S. team could be at Christmas. Like just like nine super elites, just like this loaded squad. Um, I, I just don't think that's it anymore. For a potpourri of reasons, it seems like it's just not that team. I I have um I have bet Europe. I don't think it gets higher than like the plus plus one eighty fives. I've still seen some plus plus one nineties. I think it's the highest number. I'm letting the books sit on my money. And, and we street. would
2: say that Sep Straka basically insured himself in as well, right? I would
1: think so, yeah. With a win and now a top – was it five, top ten at the Open? Then, yeah, he's looking
2: pretty good. Hope so. I'm I thought, really I thought excited. he played really well. I think he's going to be a very good player for that course. So I'm kind of excited.
0: Uh, he can go unconscious. I mean, he might shoot a seven over and just, like, lose his match, but – He was I mean, T2. He was not top ten. He's T2. No, the guy can get white hot. Like, even before he became this guy that won and then became second in the Open, like, he can just go – jonas blicks unconscious for a moment but can do that way more often i don't know why those jonas blicks but like Strelman can i mean wow well, streelman straka can cl- catch an eclipse what i do love of what's developed on the european team though is the back end does seem like it's they're just debating like young great kids now between bobby and and um obviously moronk and aberg and, and Hoygaard. I know, Pat, you might even like Rye this week to make some noise, potentially. I just like that it's not um, like old men also rants at the moment that they'll be debating between.
1: I, I think this kind of clearly shows with the open uh, how anticlimactic it was that we immediately moved on to Ryder Cup talk. But I want to go back to Harmon for a second because it's okay. the first major I can think of in a very long time where I took a nap in the final round. Harmon awesome. made that putt on 14 from like 40 feet, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to nap for 45 minutes, and I set my timer, woke up, and he was walking down the fairway on 18. I was like, all right, I'll watch the end of this. Then I had to go rewind to see what happened with the different placement points. I saw there was, like, a ROM putt or a Cam Young putt on 18 that cost someone, like, 10 grand or something like that, <sighs> uh, one of the viewers. Uh, people, Some of the viewers had... Fantastic weeks. I was not one of those people. The only thing that I got right, because it was one of the worst weeks I think I've ever had at a major championship in terms of losing money, Matthew Southgate ends up at the top 40. That cash is very easily. Yet I still lose to you, Tim, on our head to
2: head with Southgate. And I recommended Alex uh, Fitzpatrick sort of as a goof. In part because I just thought, you know, I just don't think Southgate's that great. So can, can I was we, all can,
1: about. Can, can we say that the reason that you picked Alex Fitzpatrick is because he's the one name that you recognized from down there?
2: He was a name I recognized. I had heard the story uh, of that happening. So you know, there's that.
0: Uh, what else? Um, it was Harmon's brilliance made it boring, and as golf, yeah, fans, once that's he made that cut to go back
2: to twelve under, like- you could
0: have turned it off. It's not like he doesn't, didn't deserve it in runaway fashion, but you can understand, as I saw, it was, you know, debated on Twitter and people getting offended when people were calling it like a rubbish open. It kind of was in the sense that it like it was anticlimactic and we really enjoy when these major champ, when there's like a sense of nerviness on the line coming down these major championships and that we just had none of it. Um, and we we like brilliance when it's the form of like a superstar being truly brilliant and running away, but when it's an underdog runaway, um, that's also silly. And then I saw people fighting back on like Brian Harman's not an underdog, you know, this and this and this, and like shut up. He's a hundred a freaking one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you want to live by like world golf rankings as determining who's an underdog and who isn't. Like, that doesn't work on the context of what we do here. In every sense of the word, Brian Harmon, to me, was an underdog this week.
1: It's of course. C- it's kind of suffered from the same problem that the Masters has had the past few goes. Not so much this year because it so much got crammed because of the weather. And you had Brooks versus Rom with other lingerers around. And then Phil making that run, Reed making that run. that. Remained pretty interesting the entire time. But like when Scheffler ran away with it, it was just like, whatever. When Hideki kind of ran away with it, we, you know, we were all just praying that you know, Xander would get himself back into the mix. And he tried to, and then he didn't. And there was just no competition down. Like, as you kind of pointed out pre-show, Jeff, like the PGA Championship has just been the major the past few majors.
0: Tim awoke it. We had our debates like six years ago where I was like, no, it's the least relevant major. You could debate its relevance and kids growing up and wanting to win it, but the course selection and whatever's occurred during those weeks, it has been the major that I now almost most look forward to or think we're going to, like, it's almost guaranteed to give us exactly what we Mm -hmm. want, fantastic course, winning score respectable, and a leaderboard filled with, like, superstars or young guys. Like, that's sort of what it delivers every year.
2: We haven't had a bad PGA championship in like nearly 10 years. Like, if you go back and back and back and back, I think when Jason Day in 2015 sort of ran away with it at Whistling Straits was the last PGA championship, which wasn't in some way really intriguing. Because remember, Brooks had that huge lead at Beth Page Black, and he nearly gave it all away on Sunday. Like, it's the PGA championship has been by far the most interesting t- uh, championship. The last few years doesn't mean it's always the most exciting, but uh, it certainly Jimmy was Walker
0: was a boring runaway. I feel well, no, no wasn't it there? wasn't Jimmy Walker won by a stroke over oh, a day. Okay, yeah. sorry.
2: Yeah, the, the that only... was also ruined by weather. He had to play 36 on the Sunday.
1: There was also the, what was it? Bell Reeve when Brooke, did Brooks win at Bell Reeve? Yes, but Tiger made the push. Yeah, that, that, was the Tiger what, that was the thing. Yeah. Tiger, because like, we had the Tiger crowd. That was the first big Tiger yes. major moment since Tiger's return. That kind of covered up that it wasn't uber competitive.
2: Yeah. And I think of the last four years. Morikawa, when there was a seven-way tie for the lead. Phil, Phil wins one of the most iconic majors ever. Uh, you know, Mito throws one away, and Justin wins on a playoff. And then this year, which was a, an absolute scorcher down to the finish with Brooks taking the win.
1: I mean, I think it just kind of goes no matter how much you can like a course, like a tournament, the history of a tournament. It all just kind of comes down to whether or not it's competitive at the end for our viewing pleasure. And I think I, think, I wonder, I think Jeff is right, though. I think if you insert
2: Rory into the Harmon role, it becomes instantly more watchable. I agree with you. If we'd gotten Sunday's weather more often through the week, I don't know that Harmon would have won. He
1: was pretty good. He in that sort way. of
2: like treaded water like he didn't have a, any scorching rounds way a couple of guys did. Uh, he just got built up pardon me a big lead when the conditions were pretty benign and held on to it I mean yesterday's was particularly tough tons of guys didn't tons of guys blew up yesterday
0: I mean and he deserves it was well documented oh yeah uh, the incredible like bounce back birdie rate like four of his uh four of his six bogeys of the week he answers the bell right away you know avoids any sort of train and Saturday, Sunday, he gives up two before we've gotten to the fifth hole. And even yesterday, he makes that great par save on three. So he's given away two, and he needed to, to make a great par save. And you're like, wow, maybe this thing does become the leaky faucet. Weirder things have happened than a guy who's never won a major shooting a 77 in bad conditions on the Sunday of a major. But it just, he wouldn't let it, man. The guy was almost never off the fairway.
2: Fleetwood was off the fairway when he had to hit his putter or whatever it was sideways I mean, for a listen, weird shot in that trap. I've never can, seen that before,
0: dude. F- Fleetwood's weekend. There's a sandwich named after Fleetwood's weekend. It's called a melt. <laughs> like holy shit, dude. I'm used to it. I expect it. it. It was literally everything you should expect from Fleetwood in in so many ways. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know what a what a and he seemed exhausted both mentally, physically, like the tool, maybe what they called the home game. And then once you get that first round lead, like like Rick, like by some point, it becomes an exhausting task if you haven't pulled away. And, and the guy couldn't do shit. And it was an embarrassment. I was emb- even like a guy was a fan. And I don't know, to call like a T eight at an open an embarrassment. I don't know. The weekend was embarrassing, but it was very on-brand, so no one's totally shocked. It's like when the Chargers fumbled trying to kneel out a game. Like, okay, that was really weird, but no one's surprised. Did it again. What doesn't help Harmon in this championship
2: is that the guy has zero motion, it seems. He is like the steadiest, un- most unflappable person you see on the golf course. Uh, which, you know, if he was, like, getting excited and making big fist pumps, I think that would have brought the crowd up and brought the entertainment up. But that also translates to what you guys said earlier, going to play a road rider cop. That's precisely the type of person who's completely unfazed by the crowds that might be, like, perfect.
0: Oh, and according to Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Har- like, the things they were saying to Harmon on Saturday were disgusting.
2: Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I can only imagine.
0: He said, I will not repeat some of the things I heard out there today. And even By the Harman way, said it, let's make, on a, let's make a PSA, said, though. And,
2: and if Harman's... you're going to a tournament and you're yelling obscenities or, like, really nasty things at a golfer just because you bet on somebody else, you're a,
0: you shouldn't do that.
2: That's I wrong. don't even think
0: these people have bets. Some of I'm them just are saying, just insane people. Fair
2: enough. I mean, that's also wrong. But if you're there because you just have a ticket on someone else, you don't go there and scream and yell like Happy Gilmore at the other guy. That's not appropriate.
0: Oh, and I agree, and people gave me a hard time in my younger days for being, like, exuberantly supportive of guys. But I would never in a million years heckle a f- no. h- heckle a golfer. Like, that's insane. And Harmony, I don't know if you saw his post presser. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I said, looking for motivation. Like, did he find it? Like, what motivated? He goes, well, after I made my second bogey on Saturday... Walking to the next tee, some dude looked at me and said, you don't have the stones for this, Harmon. <laughs> like, hey, who is the chutzpah to say that to a guy competing in the final group of a, like.
2: I uh, agree with you.
0: I wouldn't even have the cur- even if I thought that. I wouldn't have, even have the guts to look at another man and say that who's competing at the highest level of yeah. the sport. Like, who are these people?
2: They should be escorted off the course and never allowed to attend the Open again.
0: That'd be a hard
1: thing
2: to enforce, no. I think. No, it wouldn't. If you did that at Augusta, you would be escorted off the course and never allowed to attend Augusta again. How
0: would they even know? You just come back the next Everybody year. Everybody knows who Valentine. said it.
2: Everyone who was there knows who said it.
0: No, I if, mean, if, how uh, would they, do it? Well, when they go to another open venue, the, like, 60-year-old Marshall is going to recognize the dude from Liverpool? Like, I'm I just like, I where, know. how do you enforce that? I don't, that I don't know. My friends have been kicked out of Buffalo Bills games, gone outside, bought a ticket, going through another entrance. Like, just hope to not see the one-of-one security guard. Like, it's an, it's an, you can't even, you can't enforce that. Unless they really do have the best, like, uh, face recognition tech, but I don't think it's on golf grounds. Like, James Dolan has that shit.
1: Or, as we pointed out to Tim at one point, casinos also have that
2: stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: And Tim is worried McDonald's drive-through has that stuff catching the litterers.
2: Yeah, throwing their ice at their car like a litter bug.
1: Well, we talked about uh, how much I lost, but let's talk about some winners because I said I was giving away two thousand bucks, and boy, am I giving away two thousand bucks! I emailed the winner this morning. He has seven days to email me back. It was a newsletter winner. Steve Blair wins two thousand dollars. So you have seven. So hopefully, by hearing this. That you will respond to the email. Because I know that some people, when they sign up for newsletters, they do like a throwaway email. That they don't necessarily check because that's what I do for a lot of this stuff. So I'm throwing this out here, Steve. Email me back. You got seven days. If you do not get back to me, I will draw another winner on this show next week. However, the big part about the giveaways is well, congratulations on one thing, if you claim your prize, which I hope that you do. I'm sure that the people out there do not want you to claim that prize, is that I want those audio reviews. That's the big thing about doing these giveaways. So I decided that since it was an email winner, not an audio review winner, that I would give out an extra 200 bucks, $50 each, to four audio reviews that came in uh, historically and this week. So the four winners of those, and I'll contact you after the show, at Corley21, at Jason Loftquist. At K McKekrin and at Bobby Big Wheel Nine, you each won fifty dollars. Yeah, Bobby big wheel. big wheel. Extra, Let's go,
0: Big Wheel! Extra
1: fifty bucks. Yeah,
0: go ahead. I Jeff. don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's allowed in the terms and regulations, Pat. But it should almost be the winner of the two thousand dollars should have only found out they won via watching the show.
1: That makes it really complicated.
0: I know, I'll, I'll, I know, and it's like you just want people to do the things you're asking. Like, that's really what, is, and they did that. Um, and that's what sort of gets the traction. But cool. I, yeah, I don't know. I hope Steve gave a dummy email, but maybe if he watches the show, it's going to be bang, banger. Good for you, Steve. And I did not send
2: you a message on X. Yeah, I'll that's give, for sure. X going to give it to you. It'll be fine. You pumped about X? No, but do we have a couple of minutes for a couple of short pop culture things for us to cover before I get out of here? Sure.
0: Do you just, what was your favorite major like story of the year? Because for me, it's one Scotty Scheffler not winning, and then two would be Brooks and Phil's Masters would probably make my top five and Rory not winning.
1: Do do you think that's what Tim meant by his pop culture
0: stuff? No, but I just, before like Tim left, he's a major championship connoisseur. I want to know what his like takeaway from the major season is.
2: That's a great question. Um, one we covered already, which I think the PGA Championship sort of asserted itself this year as the at least the equal of all those three other championships. There's no more uh, fourth champ, fourth major. They're the equal of all the other three. Um, the Rom and the Mickelson story you told. Brooks' meltdown at Augusta and his ch- championship at Oak Hill a month later. Probably the number... One story, Rom getting his second major. The two-story
0: uh, wild cards at the U.S. Open, and
2: yeah, wild cards winning Open. two. Yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, I have my personal reasons for liking Windy C winning, but honestly, those two are not that memorable. It's the yeah, it's Phil, and it's Rory now going a full decade without winning a major again, and uh, yeah, sh- the the great Scotty shuffler somehow not winning a major championship.
1: Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Akshay won, Jeff. I didn't bet on him. And I bet on him every single week. I bet so on him. Many
2: left- so Dude. many left-handers.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great day for lefties. Uh, thank you for bringing this up. Maybe it would have come up when these guys' names came up on the on the um, 3M board. Patrick Rogers. In the history of melts. I, I don't know what that counts as. I think the guy at 30 points through Friday in a, in a stableford and finish with 40 that in and of itself is criminal. Uh, on top of that, that might be the worst. No, I still have the worst beat at the Barracuda Pat when super Nintendo Chalmers <laughs> <Woodland>. at, at, <laughs> like took my Gary Woodland trophy away somehow <laughs> little Chalmers. Um, but then I said, I'd never bet Woodland again. And I'm lucky I, I'm happy I lied because we were there for that US Open. But yeah, Patrick Rod, uh, what if stones from Ash K. Ash K should have won that thing by 15 points, honestly. Like he burned edges for six straight holes. rogers gets a bad break, but yeah, props to Ash K. What was the number? 50, 30. I guess opened at 50, ended at 30. Congrats to everybody.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of it. It's funny because people were like, hey, Ash K won. Here's my Ash K ticket. And I was like, or Akshay ticket. You're getting me to say Ashkay now. Akshay ticket.
0: Akshay, sorry. Yeah. Like short, you're, short. You're, you're
1: incepting that into my head. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that he won. Uh, I really like him, and I'm glad that I'm going to be able to see him on tour moving forward. But it just you know, sucks not being there. And then Pearson Cootie ended up winning on the Corn Ferry Tour at 80-1 to 1 this week. So just just a mind fuck for me in terms I of just... I certainly learned
2: several times that someone at Hoy Lake invented Stabbleford. They didn't tell me that 500 times during the broadcast. At least they cut it with all the Beatles
1: stuff that they were airing the first two days. Tariko just had a big boner for the Beatles the entire first. Like,
2: yeah, it, like you until can make cut. one or two funny references and then you got to move on, right?
1: Oh, for sure. They were doing packages like in vignettes around it.
2: Yeah, like they started yesterday with a little video and it was fine to start with. Talk about, you know, the world's most famous lefty, you know, is Paul McCartney. And then here we have Brian Harmon. Like, that's fine. Talk about that for one minute as you come on air. And then, if you want to cut away to a commercial with your leaderboard being the guys walking across Abbey Road, fine. That's it. That's enough. Let's move on.
1: Uh, I did, before we move to the pop culture stuff, I did want to give a few shout outs because I said that I would. Matt Wyatt hit the double. Uh, I saw our buddy Matt ended up hitting the double as well, but Matt Wyatt hit it. He hit Harmon, and he hit uh, Akshay at the Barracuda. That's a nice week to hit two winners in one week. Andy Wilder uh, hit as well, and Tim, he said that he will put $100 on whoever you pick this week at the 3M and donate it to whatever charity ends up that the fans vote on, whether the fans vote on it, whether you want to vote on it, if it wins. Go
2: Emiliano Grillo. Grio for cust. Played well here last time, played well at the British Open. I like his chances this week.
1: Yeah, he has uh I think two top 10s, that means three starts at this course. So I like it. And so FW, ho-
2: yeah.
1: Hopefully Grio can get that done There was also some huge DraftKings winners from the audience as well. Like Joel Kozak ended up winning $14,000 off of $400 in entries. That's pretty good. Uh let's see. Brian Harold won the PME Open, so he won a quick 7500 bucks. On that, and let's see, Brent Harris. Brent Harris had quite the week. He won $12,700. He turned 10 into 10,000 in the full round $10.18 max. Uh, he won the $3 on a, these were all single entries. He won the mini max on a 50 cent entry. He came eighth in the mini max on, uh, out of 118,000 people, won 200 bucks. Won the $3.20 max on a single entry, won 2,500 bucks. And on a single $10 entry, won $10,000. Jeff, that's the dream for a DFS loser
0: like yourself right the absolute dream the absolute dream i play the uh, yeah i don't win anything i was reminded uh, again got my lineups in this week thanks to uh, a friend and was reminded I- i'm actually grateful that dfs is still like illegal where i am because i it would just double my losses from the betting every week
2: imagine what a dfs loser
0: you'd be if it was legal and where you lived i would be a, a big one I'm being being spared the right to actually be a real-life DFS loser at the moment. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you.
1: Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with factors delicious ready-to-eat meals mainly because well yes they are very tasty but it's the time that they save you do you say you never have time to work out well if you're someone that preps all your food at home that means you need to drive to the store you need to walk through it make a list get your groceries bring them home store them unpack them get the reusable bags out of the way then you actually have to make the meal we're talking like two hours per meal on that and listen i love cooking things at home myself but it takes an awful long time are you going to use an app to get takeout well it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway then you wait 45 minutes to get it and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there this is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with factor are ready to go in just two minutes and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now. So I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time I go through, I pick what I want. It shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash Mayo 50 and use code Mayo 50 to get 50% 50% off. That's code Mayo50 at factormeals.com/slash Mayo50 to get 50% off. The Pat Mayo experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So, whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace. Makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits come from or sales are coming from. Then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot, for a very low cost. And it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So... Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's
0: shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So
2: Tim, you wanted to talk about the pop culture stuff? Hit us. You got five minutes. Yeah, there's a couple. Of, all right. Two things with pop culture. We we'll get through what we get through. The first is I want to talk about the box office. The fact that two movies came out this weekend. One had 150 million open. One had like a 90 million open. It was the fourth largest opening weekend in box office history and the largest since 2019. Is it safe to say that despite some of our misgivings, movies are back? If you make good movies that people actually want to go see in the theater, people are not afraid to go to the theaters. They haven't developed a new culture of not going to the theater and streaming at home. That if you make good cinema, people are going to go out to the movies?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that it is kind of akin to a live event on TV where, let's say, like, the Oscar... I think the Oscar ratings were actually up this year. I forget which one it was. It was either up last year or up from this year. But it's still a big event, and even though the ratings are down, that still draws a lot of eyeballs because it's a very special, one-time-a-year, big event. And this happens across the board with a lot of different things. And I think that we got, like, sort of the perfect storm of three really big movies over the past three weeks. Like, Indiana Jones really didn't do great, but with Barbie and Oppenheimer dropping and the Mission Impossible movie coming out, you have these giant spectacle movies, and all three of them appear to be very good as well. That really helps. But I think if you're making a $20 million adult drama, like, there's just no place for that. People aren't showing up for that at the box office, no matter how good that it's going to be. It has to be something that has to be watched on a big screen which is not, wasn't always the case, let's say like 20 years ago with like the return to the box office where you could get million dollar baby making a hundred million dollars. Like that's
2: just impossible now. And you don't need to see million dollar baby in the theaters. Like I don't think your viewing experience is any worse at home on your high definition smart TVs than in the theaters. But if like, You make the Super Mario Brothers movie, or you make Barbie, or Oppenheimer, or Mission Impossible, which are all different types of movies in a sense. If you make movies that people, and maybe this is where movies will have to go, you have to make movies that people actually want to go to the theater for. But if you do it, people will still get up and go to the movie theaters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. And Oppenheimer is a very special case with all of this, because it's it's, it's a story that people kind of know. They know the, the the macro theme of the entire movie, but it's a big spectacle movie from a director that people really like, and it made a ton of money. But everything else is some sort of franchise-type movie, and I, it's the first Barbie movie, just like how Mario was you know, made by far the most money of any movie this year, but they're there's a lot of brand recognition with Mario and Barbie. So Oppenheimer is kind of like its own case off to the right where it's an original adult drama. Everything else is just I mean it's it's no different than the Marvel movies,
2: really. You're right. Now, the big Ridley Scott film coming out in December, the Napoleon movie. I guess that'll be a good case te- test case for it as well then because I, I that agree. does really well at the box office.
0: I, but I don't I just, think that's going to move the needle like these like I don't I don't think
2: stuff. so either. I don't know. I mean, it could be a content thing where we just there's a lack of movies at the theater because of the strike that uh, whatever's in the can and made. But the strike hasn't the the strike hasn't affected any movies coming out yet. But it's going to at some point soon, right? Like It's just going to have an effect. My only thought was like that. We there was a lot of people with good justification. I think we probably talked around it on this show in various ways that there's a lot of people who have gotten into that. We thought had gotten into the habit of not going to the movies. And it's if you don't exercise that muscle of going to the movies, then you just stop going and you don't care. But I just, getting the fourth largest box office of all time this weekend made me think well, maybe that's not as true as I thought or, or that I feared. That actually there's still an impulse, there's a heartstring being tugged for a lot of people of all ages to come back to the movies when it makes sense to do so.
1: But well, how has the box office been doing up to this point would be a question I had, because it seemed like a lot of people made this weekend an event to go see one or two of these movies, even double features of Barbie and Oppenheimer. And the Barbie thing just became like a pop culture movement that groups of people would go see this movie. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's a very fair point. I-, I think that Top Gun Maverick did really well. That came out last year. Last year. Yeah. In terms I of like- Phenomenal. In terms of, like, people going to the actual theaters just to Because yeah, Tom
0: Cruise is maybe, like, one of, like, I don't even know who the others are, but there's less than, like, three movie stars left alive. Like, true
2: That could open a movie, yeah.
1: But if, if Tom Cruise wasn't starring in these big franchise movies, which he has in a past association with, he just released an adult drama, that's not going to open. Probably right, back. Anyway, so if he, anyway, made, if it he gave made me it, some hope, if he made like some sort of spinoff of Eyes Wide Shut two or something like that, that's not going to do well. Lions for Lambs two.
0: <laughs> what was he? The other? Valkyrie? But yeah, Barbies. Barbies. Valkyrie is actually a
2: good movie, is but, it? Uh,
0: yeah, I thought so. You saw Barbie?
2: No, no. I said oh. we were talking about something very different. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Barbie. I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. I just need to see Oppenheimer this week. First. You're not going
0: to go in your black jeans, black shirt, and with your notebook, are you? No. <laughs> Now we've moved from
2: pop culture to very online culture, very seamlessly. Good job, Jeff. Uh, people who get that reference get it. People who don't, don't. Um, I would be opposed to seeing that movie because it's full of stars. Uh, like, I'm the type of person who likes to see any movie that if it's full of uh, stars, good or bad. I watch the Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve movies because they're full of stars. That's all it takes for me. You, you put people in a movie I've heard of, I'm going to probably watch it. Did you have anything else pop culture-wise? I was going to ask you about X. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't understand it. I don't know what the purpose... Is it just meta? Is it just, like, changing Facebook to meta? changing Twitter to X? I don't understand what the rebranding does for anything.
1: Yeah, I don't quite get it either, but I also don't care.
2: Well, I don't care, but, it, like, it's weird. And, like, I don't understand... You don't do something like this for no reason. I,
1: I, I have no real thoughts on it. Like, it doesn't seem like anything has
2: changed not me me either but some people are reporting that it's just i don't understand where we're going with this like i don't understand why why do companies who have tremendous you know seo value on their names change their names i don't understand it
1: yeah it's a branding thing that really doesn't make any sense to me because it's one of the most well-known brands going especially even the logo the twitter logo makes a lot of sense and now it's just an x maybe it's all just a part of musk's idea to get everything under this x like label and it's, I, I, I
2: really had, we no even idea. saw it this week at golf where like the RNA has decided that this tournament's name is now the open, not the open championship, not the British open, God forbid, just the open. And it's always like all the, the, the packaging and everything only refers. And it's like, that's kind of dumb. No one calls it very few. People just call it the open. You hear the open championship or like you hear all kinds of different names and like, they're trying to force people to call it something that is like unnatural. I do enjoy every year that when I always label everything the
1: British Open uh, for SEO for it's for it's purely for SEO purposes because most of my viewership and readership is coming from North America where it is known as the British Open and if I called it because I did call it the Open Championship one year and I saw a drastic decrease in numbers and when I put it back up to British Open the, the numbers went back up again I even tested it out side by side show by show which normally draw similar type of numbers and one did way better than the other so I've just always call it the british open in terms of seo i mean i like calling it the open championship but like uk people get very upset if you say that
2: that's nice it's good to have real things to get upset about i mean who am i to talk but yeah, anyway, okay, that's uh, pretty
1: rich coming from you
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know i have a lot of first world problems i like to complain about too but anyway all right
1: before we let uh, you before we let you go What should we do now that major season is over? I'm getting back into football. Ross Tucker coming on the program for tomorrow. And then, obviously, Tambo will be in studio before he heads to Minnesota for the 3M for the Fantasy Golf World Championships on DraftKings. Congrats to everyone who made it to the live final. It's going to be a ton of fun. I went to the first year of the tournament in Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities, and it was a blast. I just hang out on 18, air conditioning, get to see the final hole, par 5. A lot of excitement going on. Suggestion from me, do not follow around Andrew Landry or Martin Drane or satoshi Kadaira, uh the three people that i followed around i followed around luke list for a while too that was a lot of fun but what are we doing for football like pre-season like we're we gonna do we'll do the win total show should we do the quarterback ranking show again
2: i am open to talking about anything football whenever you want
0: are we not doing a like a hard knocks show when does hard knocks start August 8th or 9th. Here's the problem. I don't know how Tim's going to watch it. When this is have, my concern. One of you are going to have to, like... I don't give have them... the Max.
1: Is it only on Max? No, it's no. Not it's on not even HBO? on in, like,
0: Canada, though. Sometimes huh? it's not even on, on our HBO, like, that we get in Canada if you subscribe to it. Or Max. So someone's going to have to, like, send Tim a burner link, and he's going to be afraid, and... I don't know what sort of hoops you guys are going to have to jump through down there. I'm going to have to to send away
2: for the the script of the show. The way back in 1997, you could write YTV and get the teleplay for the episode of Reboot you just watched. Uh, That's essentially what we're going to have to do here.
1: I'll try to talk to a few people to see if I can get screeners, and then that link will be secure, Tim, and you can watch it on your computer. I'll try to get those, and then we can probably get them ahead of airing.
2: Okay. That's under, that's that's understandable. I so like
1: that. If we can do that, maybe we'll do it. If not, uh, I was thinking those 3, that will cover 3 weeks worth of content, or maybe we go win totals back to back <laughs> during the final week. Uh, maybe we do a, maybe we rank 1 through 32 our power rankings of teams entering the season and then we make an aggregate then we talk about that.
2: Sure, we could do that too.
1: Titans over the Jets because they're throwback jerseys. Is my take.
2: Oh, I think the throwbacks look perfectly nice. I just don't like when they're wearing them. They're wearing them against the Bills and Chiefs in their two biggest primetime games of the year to start. Uh, seems like a weird way to use those, those throwbacks. But whatever. I mean, I, it's also a weird throwback because they never really had any success in those jerseys. Uh, that, that was never really... Anyway, I don't care. Put them in anything you want. Uh, from what I saw yesterday, this week on Twitter or from camp, <laughs> I saw some throws that, like, three other quarterbacks in football can make that Aaron was thrown in there. Lazard is going to be so good. His addition to this team is going to be a, one of these things where it's a game changer, where it's like last year with the chargers, Keenan Allen wasn't their best receiver. uh, But Mike, uh, sorry, number five was their most important receiver. For the Chargers, even though he wasn't their best receiver. Yeah, Palmer was their most important receiver in a lot of those games, even though he's nowhere close to being their best receiver.
0: Well, because the other guys were hurt. Like, what are you talking about? But even
2: when the other guys weren't hurt, they were going to him in big spots. I like Like, Josh Palmer. He was a linchpin player last year, but even though no one would say he's their best receiver, that'd be foolish. He was a critical player in games for the Chargers last year uh lazard is going to be like that when the the chips are down he is going to get open he is going to make catches he's going to probably be a pro bowler if the, the jets have any pro bowlers and you don't get any if you go to the super bowl so maybe they won't have but maybe he won't be i, lazard I don't understand a big this season.
0: alan lazard to josh palmer comp it seems very strange and you'll be very disappointed if like i like josh palmer a lot he's from down the road here um that's a weird, out of nowhere comp. I don't know whether He's you're trolling. He's a
2: critical him. player for your team. I, I just, I, I really think that when he plays well, the Chargers play excellently.
0: But do the Chargers have a bomb squad now?
2: Chargers do have a bomb squad. I would love to take them all the way to the AFC Championship, sure. and I might, I might. What
0: are you doing?
2: I might because I expect the Chiefs to really take a step back this season, and so somebody's got to sort of step into the void. I, I already really- told
0: me that they're your Week One suicide eliminator pick versus Miami. So you've killed me already, Tim.
2: I don't know how I don't pick you against Miami. Talk about a team that is overrated, that everybody's writing about the dark horse MVP candidate that is Tua. And everyone's talking about how the Dolphins have the, the fastest receivers you've ever seen and the best running backs you've ever seen. And this team is going to the Super Bowl. And there's so who, who's, good. Who said they were and going like,
1: to the Hold on. Who said they were going to the Super everybody, Bowl?
2: Everybody. All over the place. Is this, all right here. Everyone's this, dolphins, dolphins, this, dolphins, this, dolphins, 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 Dolphins. Is this the same dolphins, as dolphins.
1: Matthew Southgate is going to win the Open Championship? Which you still have not provided one shred of evidence that Anyone
2: ever said that? Heard it all over the place. My point is, everyone is nuts about the Miami Dolphins. Well, they got this. Z- um, well, I can... mean, when you have, you mean you might have the bomb squad, but they have the Zoom room. That's <laughs> nice. If the, the if the Chargers have the defensive backs they're supposed to have, then they should disassemble that Dolphins team week one. Oh, They've had all this strange. time to prepare for them. I expect that. I'm not calling a shout out. I wouldn't do that. Why I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to say like a 27 to three style game is on the, on tap for that Chargers Dolphins game what week but I expect the Dolphins just to have do nothing. Uh, I'm very I, excited for that game.
0: I told you i I was going to support. I'm supporting you this year, Tim. Why? And you- I'm supporting you. Can't we support each other
2: until that I one Monday football game? If two where... is
0: healthy, the Dolphins are winning the division.
2: There you go. Another person not a person who's just absolutely taken leave of their senses. <laughs> I just got a text now from people talking about the, the, the dolphins as the Kings of the AFC. I can't get away from it. Everywhere I turn it's dolphins, 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 dolphins. I feel like, uh, what's her name? Jan from the Brady bunch, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That's how I feel right now. I can't get away. F- the dolphins are the most overrated team. I have heard people talk about in years and they're not that good. And they're, uh, Jeff, you know what? Fine. Jeff. Jeff believe did, the nonsense you want to believe. I don't care. The Jets are better at every position, essentially. Jeff,
1: did you know? Yeah. Do, do you know what Jeff is or what Tim is talking about when everyone is talking about the Dolphins?
0: His dad and a couple of your friends?
1: No, it's he in our text thread. Now that his embargo of posting jet stuff is over he just posts jet stuff every single day. so we have a friend in our group chat that anything positive about the dolphins that gets tweeted out or any sort of story he just dumps it in the thread just to troll Tim and now Tim thinks
2: that's everyone in the world oh. that's one guy. I'm getting a non-stop barrage of dolphins comments from the same guy no, but, <laughs> but no but no but he's just he's just like the news he's like the BBC he's just curating for me. All of this nonsense of people, yeah, I hate that thing too. (laughs) I hate that thing. Why can't, it's my year. They're not allowed to steal it from me. I will not stand for it. I will not stand for it. You better destroy them week one, Jeff. I want them gone. I'm putting that on you. You need to absolutely finish that season. I want you to shut them out. I want them to be embarrassed week one. I want all this Miami hype to be done. You can do that for me. You can accomplish that.
0: It's a big game. It's worth a game and a half because they're gonna. I think they're in the wild card division race, and if well, they don't win I the mean, division, it's worth a game and a half because I suspect the Chargers will be competitive in their division with everyone but Kansas City.
2: I like your chances. Not against my team. I, I, I think you, you know, you're, you're a cup below me, but I, I still think your team is pretty darn good.
1: Okay. Well, we will move on to the three M Open. Right after we say goodbye to Tim Undercust.
2: That's not my name. It's just nonsense. They have to sit around here and listen to the Dolphins. (laughs) People go on and on and on and on about this team. This team that that blew a playoff game against a a Buffalo team that didn't even want to be there. I didn't know how to properly manage how to run the ball late. Uh, You know, a team full of receivers who, you know, okay, yeah. Tyreek Hill is good, but he's also old. And so we'll see how good he is this year. He's probably going to lose a step. And Waddle, who just gets dump offs. And I'm supposed to pretend like all the, 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 the large receptions that he has are somehow got to do with Tua dumping it off. And like, you know, they, they go ahead and they sign a washed up cornerback. And I heard the other, saw the other day a ranking where they had him third overall in cornerbacks. Like he's barely the third best cornerback on his team. I, I don't even like Xavier Howard. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a ranking cornerback.
0: from NFL executives. Like Well, I think that's nonsense. That's nonsense. They
2: get Ramsey was given away for a song. You don't give away the third best cornerback in football for like a third overall pick. I, I'm Rams third at a
0: liquidation. Pick.
2: Oh, please. I, I actually kind of like the Rams this year a little bit. Anyway, that's that, that's just a bunch of nonsense. And so for me to sit around and have to listen to how great the Dolphins, it's just it's really upsetting when like this <laughs> offseason is supposed to be about me. And what my team is doing for the first time in forever. And I feel like the Dolphins are just trying to steal the, the attention that is rightfully and duly mine. Sorry. Just it annoys me.
0: Why is it his?
2: It is mine. W- what about the season that was your year? But It got ruined last year. Yeah.
1: So is every season just supposed to be that's a real main character energy, pal. I just want <laughs> one.
2: I, I just want one. But you want it every year. This is like, it's just, it's unjust that the dolphins who haven't done anything impressive in my mind are stealing all the attention away, but you just said, it was a dark you, horse MVP candidate. Oh yeah. Dark horse MVP. Yeah, who, that's who, gonna who, happen. who tweeted that one? And was, was it like dolphins, Tua, dolphins, to fans 69 on Twitter. I, I can't even imagine going behind enemy lines to go on the Reddit page to, to just imagine what it's like there. I have not been able to steal myself. Why are
0: Dolphin fans allowed to be excited? Like, why can't they have the same enthusiasm that you do? Their team because they don't deserve it. Why do you deserve
2: it? Because I just brought over, (laughs) you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time onto my team. You mean
1: minor league? You mean minor league? Kirk Cousins, according
0: to you?
2: That was before he won two MVPs in the last three years. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it was in the
0: middle of an MVP season. It was was in the middle of his
2: second MVP season. (laughs) You know, some of us change our opinions when the facts change. What do you do?
0: <laughs> you mean... That's w- w- his new go-to. His go- is go-to. how he gets him.
1: It's, not, it's not even a real thing. When a player gets traded to his favorite
2: team, all of a sudden they're 300% better. Alan Lazard is going to be so good. <laughs> and I think Randall Cobb is going to make a difference too. You'll see. I'm very excited about this. And so instead of talking about interesting and fun players, I have to sit around and listen to whatever it is that the dolphins are doing. Like, Oh yeah. people talk exciting.
0: about the dolphins, interesting and fun players. I just, I just can't man. Just,
2: just, j- just beat them 30 to nothing on opening day. The dolphins are loaded with anymore.
0: interesting and fun players though. Oh yeah. They're so amazing. Yeah. they're so it,
2: great. It'll be great when
1: they go to, when the dolphins go two and 15, but they only beat the jets and then the jets don't make the playoffs.
2: Oh yeah, that would just be a laugh riot. It'd be pretty funny. Sorry, I, I didn't want to hijack this about the Dolphins. It just annoys me to know. We're it. not even on the show anymore. I already signed you out. That's fine. I don't need to be on the show. I'm just expressing to you all my my feelings about this season and how I feel like the Dolphins and their fans are stealing the attention that should be mine.
0: You just did a mini show.
2: Well, it wasn't intentional. It's just I've been okay, I haven't had any forums to talk about this in a while, and it's been really bothering me. And like I'm not going to take take the live show or cut sweats that we're on. I'm not going to, you know, turn that into, uh, you know, jets dolphins therapy. But it's just I felt like we needed to have a conversation. But I feel like I feel much better now having spoken my truth.
0: <laughs>
1: your truth, not the truth.
2: Your well, the truth, truth the truth as I see it, which no, is your truth. I could never really did.
1: Which is really your
2: truth. So you're living your truth again. We're back to that. No, I'm just it's just expressing things as I see them.
0: Did you, like, use this pop culture thing as a way to like no. get us here?
2: No, not at all. I just wanted to talk about the movies for a couple of minutes <laughs> and then get out because so I thought we <laughs> owed the fans that. I had no intention. Pat brought up football. It was on the way out. He's like, well, what are we going to do for content? I, I didn't talk-, talk about football. Yeah, you just wanted a scheduling idea. Yeah, and then people went nuts about the Dolphins. You? You went nuts about the Dolphins? <laughs> well, just they're not very good. That was a well timed text
1: I, I'm on that thread too, and I, the text comes in really three over the edge. Well, it's just I don't need to look at that well, why 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 A-F-T. do you Why do you think that we need to look at jet shit all day long from you because it's cool and exciting <laughs> no oh, yeah we're we're really into that. I would be
0: no, like we have a thing in my group chat, like you're not allowed to turn it. I'm not allowed to turn it into Chargers radio. My buddy's not allowed to turn it into Titans radio. Like that just doesn't happen. And if you try to, we just you'll get like, no, no one cares. Unless it's like I have breaking news or something. But I, I don't really
2: care about the Dolphin stuff. Like I'm not gonna let it really. bother me. It, it, it's just a question of like I don't not, need to see all this. You're not gonna let it bother you? It sounds like you're pretty hot I, and bothered. It, I can't stand that snowman either. <laughs> It's so oh, arrogant.
0: How can you just say after like whatever just happened over the last 12 minutes that you will not let the Dolphins bother you? Well,
2: like I'm not going to let them get me off my game. I'm not <laughs> going to let them like throw me off and think that oh the jets are actually in tough. Like I still believe all the things I believe. It's not going to like change my opinions on what I think is a very underachieving Dolphins team. Okay. Not going to get me going on that.
1: No, you're not going to get you going at all. huh? You, you
2: got yourself going. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't get myself going. It's, I'm just righteously upset about a couple of things, and that text came in just, I'm not going to let it get to me, but I just wanted to get it out there and express the truth, was that the Dolphins are the most overrated team in the NFL.
1: Well, hot takes, hot and bothered takes, coming from Tim Andagust. Tim and, August. and yes, that is that crazy person's name. 3M open from TPC, twin cities to look at the overview. I I talked about this a little bit on the research show, Jeff, but to take the overview, like I think it was Epat who pointed it out, that it just looks like, you know, from the sky, a random Florida course because there's so much water here.
0: (laughs) That's definitely been one of uh, the takeaways there for a few times. A uh, lo- lot of hazards guys are going to go super low, but we're going to see guys just catch four line landmines.
1: Yeah. Cause I remember betting on DJ that one time and I think he shot 80 in the first round. And then there was that tournament that everyone bet on EVR. Remember that?
0: That was the first year here. Uh, I was part of that. Uh, me too. Sure.
1: And he put it into the water nine times or something. That wasn't the fun.
0: golden gopher.
1: Yeah. 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 Home hometown guy from South Africa. <laughs> He's going to kill this course diving for fucking golf balls after you need one of those super extended reachers to get his balls out of the water anyway we made a bet on Finau to win this tournament like four months ago whatever it was at 20 to 1 knowing that the number wouldn't be as large coming in and it's not as large he's still the betting favorite at 12 to 1 he's not even playing good golf right now then you have Cam Young at 14, all at DraftKings Sportsbook, by the way. Hideki's 18. Justin Thomas is 20 to 1. So is Sung And then you got Grio at 28, Tim's pick, his one and done. And then Seb Straka at 30 to 1. It's a pretty, I mean, this is a, because it's top 70 in ties at the FedEx Cup this year, guys do need to play themselves into the playoffs or at least secure themselves some of these bigger names. So, I think that the top of this tournament looks a little bit better than we were expecting, but it's just all outside of Cameron Young, who is starting to become in pretty good form after the John Deere after the Open. The rest of these guys kind of struggle bus right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we debated last week, um, you know, how well Hideki is playing. I'm really confused why he's here. I, I wouldn't quantify him for the struggle bus, but you are absolutely... Right, Pat. And in many ways, Justin Thomas, I am not betting it. I've seen it as high as 25, and I'm telling you, it'll be higher with, like, enhanced no placements until once this thing gets um, through the Monday morning crush. But he is in many ways, like, the ideal guy. I'd like to bet the week after a major in a shitty field. Like, he's got to be hyper-motivated. He hasn't won in forever, but I don't care. That's red ink. And it would be Cam Young, but you got to maybe debate, you know, his fatigue or, you know, just being in the grind. Certainly he didn't like backdoor his way into it. He was fully, you know, in the mix for, well, yes, Harmon ran away, but the guy did go off in the final group. So he's mentally been in that grind. I don't love much here. We have our fee now 20 to ones. I'm happy we made it four months ago. I don't know if you have it also, but next week we'll be in the same spot. With the Tom Kims, I don't have the, the Wyndham.
1: I, I don't have the Tom Kims. Is Tom Kim even going to play after this ankle thing? Okay,
0: yeah, that's a that's another thing. That sucks. That would suck because he's ripe for the picking. I'm not sure. Seems kind of healthy. He's playing good golf. Um, I don't love any of these guys. If I trusted Cam Young, maybe. But this has been a weird what we had Fina win here, 12 to one then everything else over 150 in the four years we've been here. Right.
1: I think Wolf was 100 to one the year that he won. He beat he beat Morikawa and Bryson by a stroke the first year.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think
1: Michael I, Thompson was only like 80 to one. that year. It was a really weak field that year. Either way, I mean, like, maybe, uh, maybe
0: this is where Sung Jae shows up, but I don't really I don't know if you can trust him right now.
1: No, I, I don't know if you can either, although he rebounded pretty nicely at the open. At least Thomas and Finau got the the early flight back to Minnesota. Maybe Hideki Hideki's pretty firmly entrenched maybe he wants to get himself up in the standings to ensure a second round of the playoffs because he's not inside the top 50 right now he's behind like Brandon Wu and Ben Ann and Taylor Montgomery and guys like Nick Hardy and Davis Riley I guess they won an event together Hayden Buckley is ahead of him Patrick Rogers is ahead of Hideki in the standings right now so maybe he just wants to get some points I would have thought he would have played the Wyndham over this but maybe Hideki's secretly from St. Paul Minnesota and we just don't know
0: I have no idea, but Hideki has really like he's been a staple, has he not Pat in the pre and post major events, and I know a couple of them have been elevated, but he I feel like you'd think what why is he doing this and and he continues to to play in them. so uh, that's good for him and uh, I was going to say he he did not play before the open, he didn't play in the Scottish.
1: So he's playing this week. Coming out of the US Open, everyone kind of played the Travelers. He skipped Colonial coming out of the PGH. I guess Heritage and Travelers were the week after a major so everyone kind of played in
0: those. Yeah. And we've had Fitz one out of the Heritage, but we've had, we had two long shots, right? And in those other two out of majors where you can maybe take advantage of the top of the field and this is a top of the field certainly Willie that you can take advantage of the problem is the next tier you know you don't get Mark Hubbard at 100 to one you got to bet him at 50 you gotta bet JJ spawn at 45 to one that's what you're interested in so the you know that card construction I'm going up north this weekend beautiful weekend up in the cottages I don't even know if I'm gonna watch a second of this but I'd love to tune in Sunday have some ticket and Grio of the guys that you mentioned off the top here Pat he i saw him open at like a 35 and i've seen him as low now at 22 in some places so of every one of, like, the guys at the top, Grio clearly has moved the most. He Yeah, well. well,
1: you say that I, in real time. I'm just watching the odd shift. When I opened the page, when we started this discussion, Sungjae was at 22. He's now down to 18. He's now the same as Matsuyama, and he had opened deeper than Justin Thomas did. So it seems like Sungjae, at least early on, is attracting a lot of money. I just don't think Fina is going to attract a lot of money at 12-to-1. I don't even know if I feel good about betting him at 12-to-1, 20-to-1. It seems fair for him in this field. And these are the type of events that he has played well in. He won Houston, he won this, he won Detroit, he won Mexico. These are similar fields to those. Plus, I mean, he was in the stretch uh, coming. He kind of gagged it away against Michael Thompson two years ago. He comes back with a win. Hopefully he can get his act together because he's not playing good golf right now. Uh, it's just funny to me that Grio is the one being bet and not Straka.
0: That Grio is, uh, yeah, that is, Grio, listen. I hit the griot colonial if he's a two-time if he's a twice a year winner i'll just have to live with myself like i'm just not betting on that aspect of the universe okay well i agree the stracker numbers seem very i didn't bet it this morning and i saw it as high as 40 and i'm like that is fair and relative to the guy he's priced he's priced around i was like creating this whole like well, that's kind of disrespectful to Straka to be priced above Ludwig, but I don't care. I think there's a conversation to be had there, but I agree Straka probably deserves to be in that crew.
1: Yeah, I, I was. Wanna f- I was surprised. I fade he was, them though, you want to fade? Them? I mean, I I want to fade them too, which really means that the final leaderboard is going to be like Sungjae, Justin, Thomas, Grio, or something like that. Hopefully, Grio wins and we get to donate two thousand bucks to charity or something.
0: Yeah, and I'm not so much speaking about the. Um, Baiting Sung J, or I am not betting JT, but I'm just not here for Grio and, and Straka after um lovely weekends overseas. Okay. Thirty to a hundred is the next range, and this is where
1: the main guys at the top of this. You know, Strock is at thirty. Then you have Woodland, Jagger, Thigala, Aberg are all thirty-five. Mitchell and Rogers, Rogers coming off the playoff loss at the Barracuda, are all forty. Spawn, Cam Davis, Hostler, and Hadwin and Mark Hubbard are all forty-five. Vince Norman just won the Barbasol two weeks ago, put in a good run, I believe, at the Barracuda. He's fifty. Poston's there. Ryan Fox and Nikolai Hoygaard and uh, and. Bhatia are all 50 to 1 along with Aaron Rye as well and then you're into the rest of them I've made some bets in this area is there anyone you wanted to particularly sell me on I know that Aaron Rye is going to be a very popular pick this week probably not going to get there although I could still be talked into it do I just go back to backing Akshay coming off of a win to see how that goes the two I actually had interest in were Fox and Hoigard um, just because I think that talent wise they're better than these guys
0: so I am swimming. I got a few stars around a bunch of names here. Uh, those are a couple of them. I saw Fox as high as 75 to one. Pat,
1: I saw that as well.
0: Uh, now that doesn't come with placings. I know people like the placing, so they probably might want to play that shorter. But uh, I was in on that. It seems like a lovely course fit for Ryan Fox. Just make the four footers. And-, and I think he can contend. I also really like Hoygaard. Saw that fifty fifty five. Um, you you mentioned playing the ceiling. I I'm a sucker for that. Aaron Rye will a hundred percent be popular. I am. Do we go? Have you thought about Hadwin at all this week?
1: I, I thought about Hadwin immediately, and then I saw it, his course history is getting baked into his number a lot right now. I mean, he just missed the cut at the John Deere when I bet at him. Bet on him. I wanted a much bigger number than 45. I wanted like 80 on Hadwin, which which was probably unrealistic, but that's where I wanted to make that bet. I don't like him. Like, listen, I don't think that Cam Davis is going to win. I think that Cam Davis has a better chance of winning.
0: You're probably right. I'm just in my head of, I don't know. I thought uh, Rocket was like, like not really a Hadwin track and it was soft and it worked out perfectly for him in many sense. And then we got those early, like 30 to 1s or 30 to ones that showed up late in the John Deere, and he was absolutely horrible. I don't think this is horror. I, I don't I'm swimming around the 50s on on Hadwin, and I just want to have the conversation. Because it's a conversation piece right now, like an artwork. The Ludwig 30 35 to 1 is the biggest number I have seen. Now It doesn't really seem fair, although he was 22 at the John Deere. And I would argue this is a a much better course fit for him. Um, It can suit him better. But what would Ludwig's number be where you would have already bet it? 50, 50, 45, 50, probably. Would you have bet it at 45? Would you be thinking about it?
1: I would think about it, but it wouldn't be like an auto click for me.
0: Yeah, see for me it's 40. Like if he was 40, I would have clicked it. Well, if he isn't if he
1: is an auto click for you at 40 and he's 35, then you're betting on it. Just you can say that. that
0: see, that's sort of where I'm going. Like if it was 42, <laughs> it'd have been boom. Wouldn't have wasted a second. Would have sat on that toilet, 630 this morning, already made the bet. Um, so yeah, I feel like an idiot like not having bet the 35, but I haven't seen any love for him this week. So I'm hoping that someone can bump it for me. But if I see it going the other direction, I might have to act really quick, really quick, but you nailed it off the top. It was Heugard and Fox who were my favorites between 50 and a hundred. Well, fifties in that 50 to 75 ranges.
1: Yeah. So I opened with four bets, uh, all between 65 and 90. I have four of them jammed in there to go along with Finau. Just guys have been riding for a while and, i just i want to bet some of my my i had a favorite just win and i didn't have money on him if a favorite, if a long shot is going to win this week i want to be on board with that so i went with glover like a lot of people at 65 to 1 hopefully the blip that he had at, on the weekend in kentucky at the Barbasol with the putter isn't going to rematerialize because he switched putters putted fantastically and he lost almost a stroke putting and still came inside still came fifth I think at the Barbasol but the driving the approach was immaculate I just need him to get back on the positive side of putting and he has been very good uh, two of the past three tournaments so hopefully he can get that back he's at 65 and I actually bet Taylor Pendrith at 65 to one as well for someone who has rallied against him most of the year because he was not good he's actually starting to flash the form that got him to the president's cup team again last year so two tournaments in a row the elite driving has been back albeit against weaker fields but this is a weaker field 14th the rocket mortgage sixth the barbasol but the big thing is the approach play is back like it was almost sort of like a cam young situation with Pendrith, where cam young was struggling a lot because he was putting like crap and his driving numbers weren't elite Like they had been. He went from gaining five and a half, six strokes off the tee to two and a half, three. And that's a lot when that is your primary weapon. It's again, like when Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa don't gain eight to nine strokes on approach and they gain four, well, you've really taken away their ceiling because that's what they do better than anyone else. Like if Denny McPutz doesn't gain eight strokes putting, it's probably not going to be very good like he was at the Open Championship. But with Pendrith now, he's back to driving the ball at an elite level, four and a half two point four 2.4 uh, between the last two tournaments, but he gained over five strokes on approach at Rocket Mortgage, four at the Barbasol. If he can continue to do that and continue to gain with the putter, I think he's very live in this tournament, and he's been kind of forgotten about, weirdly, the moment he actually starts playing
2: well.
0: So he even joked that, like, there's this thing. He starts lighting up in July. Like, for some reason, he another year he finds himself in july starts his form of great golf that as you mentioned got him on the president's cup team uh what are you seeing that 65 to 1 65 to 1 yeah i don't mind that uh i don't mind that one one bit i'm a i'm a fan of uh of Pendrith. bet him probably bet him too much while he was slumping uh i thought well in front of 100 i thought for sure pat you were gonna mention doug Gim. Well, in your lead up well,
1: I, I've told you I bet on four players. I told you two oh. of them. Okay. Would you like to know the other two? <laughs> if yes. you if you had Doug- to guess, Pat Mayo betting his favorites inside 100 to 1. Who do you think the other two are going to be?
0: Okay, so obviously I nailed the Doug game. And let me think of the other one. You said 65 above... Is hold a weird guess? I wouldn't think of him as, as one of your favorites.
1: No, no. But you're in the right country. Oh, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good call. Higo. Hey, go. Good yeah. call. Yeah. I could see that. Totally.
1: So DraftKings has him at 75 to 1. Uh, same number as Sam Bennett, Taylor Montgomery, and Custy Pete. But I ended up grabbing a 90 on Garrick Higo, and a 90 on the Gim Reaper, and I played those both with eight placements as well. I didn't play placements with Glover and Pendrith because I did the extended to get the better number on them, but uh, yeah, Higo and Gim, 90 to one with eight places apiece for me.
0: I like that a lot. I'm just trying to find how big of a number I could see on Higo, but... I think 90 is probably,
1: 90 might be the top of the market. I don't know. And the the thing with Pendrith, when I looked at it, like I did my very short-term rankings on Fantasy National. I, I think I released... I, think I, I don't think I shrunk the sample size down as much on the research show. I think I did 24 and 50. I shrunk it down to 12. And it just gave me absolute like jabroni names at the top. Pendrith is inside the top 10, with Lucas Glover being far and away like the number one ranked player in the field over the very short term. Now, the strokes gained metrics from the open only strokes game total are actually factored into that so you know he's beaten up on Barbasol and John Deere and crap like that so in the short term those guys are going to look a lot better than the actual good players in the field
0: Philip Rivers has a hundred with placings
1: okay then you should get in on it
0: and 125 if you don't want any placings.
1: yeah I kind of want placings
0: yeah, I could get that. Uh, another guy we've kind of skipped over here um, that I think will be seems at least from the Twitter world was as popular as Rye this morning was um, people want to go back to Austin Eckrow like they felt it was coming. It went bad at a very popular moment. Was that Detroit? Yeah. And I think we all joke like Detroit and the 3M might be the absolute perfect places for him. So I could see why people who, who failed in Detroit don't want to get off the wagon here. I understand that. And I was on
1: for the rocket mortgage as well. But one thing, he did make the cut in Scotland and ended up just kind of giving it back. Did he play the Barracuda?
0: I don't think so. He would have
1: been near the favorites yeah you know, most definitely he would have but this kind of started to go sideways for him when you look into the numbers a little bit at the travelers now he still came 24th at the travelers but he lost over two and a half strokes on approach gained almost six on the greens and that really made up for the poor iron play then he gets a rocket mortgage and loses again with his irons and putts poorly and therefore he ends up missing the cut obviously he ended up losing on approach at the genesis too so that's three straight tournaments where he's lost on approach where that was kind of you know at the u.s open he gained four and a half when he came second in Texas he gained four and a half at Colonial gained 2.6 and was gaining a bunch off the tee that started to revert a little bit we see that at this time of year that guys who were hot for two months kind of flip back the other way and normalize and guys almost like Pendrith like you mentioned there's a few other ones Glover's doing the same right now that they've gotten hot and we'll see how long this can last it does seem like Eckrod has fizzled out a little bit. And in this field, listen, he can most definitely win. That's not what I'm saying. But it does seem statistically like he's reverting back to the guy that he was earlier on in the year and that his hot
0: streak might be over. That all seems very possible. I'm not there. I didn't pull the trigger on the 80s um, that I think are still out there. Eric Cole was the other one that I wanted to give a look to. But I don't know yet. And the complete opposite of that it would be uh, Cameron Champ. Yeah, former winner. Former winner. Um, I get yeah. It's supposed to rain. it's supposed to be so hot that they're expecting thunderstorms. Is that the Lots case? Of them.
1: I-, I thought in Minnesota, someone told me it was going to be like a hundred degrees and no rain.
0: Oh, maybe I got that wrong. We usually gets that humid. There's some thunderstorms to break it up, but um. I'm not sure if you prefer, I guess. Haven't all the winners here been pretty long hitters? Although we've seen short hitters, can, like more cow loses in a playoff. We've seen guys hang around here just fine, hold their own. Yeah. Like, Engine the Hadwin course history. Yeah,
1: Grio and Hadwin both have good course histories. I think Shez actually has a decent. How many were Shez's odds this week? 100, I thought I said. Yeah, 100 to 1. That's not a terrible play either. Listen, elite driving long and straight is going to get the job done most of the time over short and straight or long and wobbly off the tee. And even Cam Champ, like I remember him, I feel like I remember him like taking out two irons on the holes and playing it that way. I could I be remember. I I could be misremembering that because I think he hooked it on 18 into the woods and made a great shot out of it coming down the stretch. But his putter was just absolute fire. Like if you're Finao is the only one who's won this without their putter being absolutely scorching. So uh,
0: the, go ahead. No, yeah, let's get to the hundreds because I'll make the point there.
1: Yeah, hundred to one. The only one that I went with was Trevor Cohn who was another one of those jabronis who just popped up inside the top three for me in terms of overall ranking this week. Just he's been very good the past two tournaments. No idea if it's real or not, but he's 350 to one.
0: So I played that with eight places. I hadn't even thought about Trevor Cohn here, but that seems like a pretty good number for him and his skill set here. Yeah, and the he, fact that he's probably feeling good about his game.
1: Well, I don't know about that. He just finished dead last of all players who made the cut at the Barracuda. So there's that. Maybe it's over for him. But he was third at the Barbasol and just had great a great ball striking week at the John Deere. Had a very good driving week at the Rocket Mortgage. Came in 40th. So if the approach play continues to be on for him, like the driver is usually not really a question. And then he has these like hot and cold putting streaks, So you have to hope for a hot putting week around the green. He's absolutely God awful. He might as well be me around the greens, but if the irons continue to be hot and he can match that with another good driving week, I mean, he's 350 to one. I don't don't expect him to win, but it seems like of all of those guys at the bottom, he has a modicum of hope of getting to the top of the leaderboard.
0: And, um, yeah, I saw your boy Carl Yawn two hundred. He's playing kind of decent, and he was good here last year, I recall. Was he? I don't remember. I looked at. I feel like I'm looked at the wrong leaderboard. But uh... Let's see, Crazy Carl.
1: One. Um, he's never played in this tournament.
0: Now I feel stupid.
1: Uh, Lee Hodges was one that I went on the research show popped up that he just gained. He basically putted himself out of the tournament last year uh, and he still came in T 16. So if he could run a hot putter, then you know who knows?
0: Got anything else from above a hundred to one? No, now I'm really phased. What to see what I was looking at. Um, Do you think that Carl, Carl Wan is Wan. James Hahn? Cause James Hahn came in fourth. Maybe. That that would be bad. James Hong got hot coming home yesterday. He did. Nakuda. Well, it's a guy you often make fun of me when I mention, but he could be a nice little fit here would be. um, And, hey, it's been a good little run for the Georgia boys. Uh, Grayson Sig. Are you going to bet on Grayson Sig? He had a top 10 here last year. He had uh, a couple of low rounds. Are you going
1: going to bet on Grayson
0: Sig? I don't know that I'm betting anyone over 101. Okay. Because I like too many guys in in that block in the middle, which is probably just dead man's land. Like, it's probably going to be a favorite or a super bomb. But all my money gets sucked up into this, like, dead zone of the middle.
1: By the way, Sig missed the cut at the
0: Barracuda. Shot a second round 64. Still missed the cut. It's That's embarrassing. Well, I bet on
1: a guy who was minus 20 at one point on Thursday and finished at 17.
0: So, I, I can't really talk. I don't even know how that's possible. No. Also, I really hope Cam is back on Ryan Fox this week because I feel like he took unfair heat for how... Like, I hope people that made fun of Cam on Thursday apologize to him for how, if you made fun of him specifically because of Ryan Fox, you owe Cam an apology.
1: Ryan Fox. I mean, Paul and Cody talk about this all the time on Dogger Pass with UFC guys. Like They like to back guys who really go down on their sword, fight for your money. Ryan Fox fought for Cam's money this (laughs) (laughs) week.
0: So true. It's like, I'll take Patrick Reed. He's gonna cheat for my money. Yeah, he's He's gonna cheat. Yeah, he's gonna cheat. Like that. That's
1: exactly what I want. As long as he doesn't get caught, we're we're looking good with money on Patrick Reed. Sig is actually on a before missing the cut at the Barracuda, and maybe that 64 is something nice. He was 13th at John Deere, 19th at the Travelers. You mentioned his his top was it 20, top 10 here last year. Made the cut at the Rocket Mortgage. Made the cut in Canada, and the approach play has been really good for him after you know, a, a month or so of very poor approach play and, like, three months of very poor putting, he seems to have rectified that, that, man, maybe you're right. Maybe he is someone you should give a look to.
0: Uh, yeah, listen, I don't know. I have bet him um, that X, if that putter can be an X factor, I, I feel like, not, not even betting, because I don't really bet Grayson Sig, but when I make my handful of DFS loser lineups, I'm a sucker for this guy, and I don't know. Some Sea Island inspiration at the moment. Okay, they should just bring all of the Sea Island crew to uh, to the Ryder Cup. You know, Harmon and Patton won a team event once. People were joking. Gotta get Patton there with them.
1: What was it at? Like the Sea
0: Island Club
1: that they won the event? They beat Kisner yeah, and Scott might. Brown.
0: <laughs> it might have been. I don't. <laughs> can you? I don't have a. Can cool. you believe?
1: Like if this is just. It's not shocking based on the way that it's gone, but there's two guys who have won this year who are 110 to 1 and 130 to 1. Mac Hughes is 130 to 1. Billy Horschel is 110 to 1. I'd bet Mac before I'd bet Billy. I would too, but that's so crazy.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. You you look at this field strength. Um, that does seem like it's a bit. A bit unnecessary, but I don't really like. My eyes went right through both of them. No, Billy stuck out. I saw that. It was like 108 to one at the book I was looking at, but I didn't even think about clicking it for a moment. Yeah, oh, maybe this will be more of a DraftKings
1: thing, like you said. But Troy Merritt is 180 to one. So was Carson Young. Two guys that I just enjoy to bet on. So we'll see what we end up doing down there. Let's get to the one and done and the quick picks. Quick picks for me. I got Finau at 20. Pendrith and Glover, both at 65 by themselves. Higo and Gim at 90 with eight places. And Trevor Cohn, uh, 350 to one with eight places as well. That might do it for me. Hoygard, Fox, Cole, maybe someone in that range, but maybe not at the same time. No, I just lost a lot of money. Maybe you need to trim it down a little bit this week. And for one and done, I'm going with Finau as my one and done.
0: Okay, I'll probably need that paper for my one and done. I'm looking at it right now. I don't have a clue, but the bets I made, I made a 75 Ryan Fox, I made a 55 Nikolai Heugard. Um, I'm looking at Hadwin. I'm looking at Aberg, uh, and there was probably someone else who I'm looking at. I like. Uh, I could easily be talked into Pendrith, so I love that you are feeling that one. Um, but like you, I took a bath last week, Pat, and I'm going up north and I don't know, might just be dipping my toe in the pool. And obviously, like you, we got those uh, like four-month-old repeat winner Finau futures, which are a great number, but I yeah, don't know how great I feel about now at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't feel great about him either, but if I'm going to use them anywhere, I might as well use them here for one and done. Custa Griot. I'm going away this weekend as well with my family, taking the kids to like a resort where they can play mini golf and go swimming. So I don't know how much I'm going to be watching at this, or maybe this is what I do to go get away from them. Or I'll just stream it on my phone as I'm poolside. Who knows? But I do yeah. like this tournament a lot. Maybe it's because I've been to it. I like the course a lot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but Fina for me, well, Grillo, you played
0: the course, haven't you? I
1: didn't play this course now. Oh, because the PGA oh, so you just went. When well, you're in Minnesota,
0: the, you're playing Hazel team. Yes, like
1: but I, yeah. I couldn't play the course because the PGA was playing the course when I was there.
0: Yes. That, that hit me. That link came after I said it, that that didn't happen. Um, so the guy that updates... Give the, me A-Berg. You, you haven't taken Aberg
1: yet? I don't know. I the, the, guy know. Who, the guy who updates the one-and-done sheet hasn't updated it in six weeks, so we're missing the last six weeks of picks. I don't even know what the standings are at this point. Cust is winning, but I have no idea by how much.
0: Would I have taken Aberg in... Uh, I didn't take him in John Deere. What was the one before that I loved? The Rocket.
1: I I can manually go do this and look back at it. Let's take a look here.
0: If I didn't take him at the rocket, he's free from me.
1: If you didn't take him at the rocket mortgage. All right. Let me pull up a rocket mortgage. Bloop. See, subscribe to the newsletter. You can go back and see all of our shitty picks. No, you took Cam Davis.
0: Yeah. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Ludwig. Um, Ludwig von Eberg. Yeah. How many more starts does he have Two, right? A cuss took him at the John Deere. He's not in the FedEx Cup. And no, I don't believe so. Batia
1: is now in the FedEx Cup because he earned his like permanent membership with the wins. So he's like 50th in the FedEx Cup standings.
0: Good for him. He seems like, I mean, obviously winning, but he seems like a very likable guy. 100%. Love the guy.
1: So aberg for you so finau aberg and griot and if griot wins thanks to our friend i believe it was matt who put no wasn't matt who put it out i completely forget who it was who whoever said they on twitter they put a hundred bucks after hitting the the double on everything this weekend that hey maybe it'd be a nice boost for charity if griot could win i would be willing to concede the one and done to tim if griot wins which we would have to because i think he'd be almost uncatchable at that point but it'd be a nice boost for charity
0: I'm I have not a cent on Grio, but I will find myself easily cheering for him if a fan out there is going to donate seven eight k to charity and be ha- un- under Tim's name.
1: When you say seven eight k, it's a hundred bucks on Grio. Where do you get? What do you think? Seventy to one?
0: I thought he said three hundred. Uh, what well, I thought I, I th- thought I heard three hundred. No. okay that's just as nice 100 is beautiful
1: doesn't sound like you think it's very nice you, you think the guy's no it is out. it's a,
0: any gesture is nice i don't know where i heard 300 in that discourse but obviously i'm morning after majors i'm i'm, I'm i don't know i'm not in a good way clearly all right well i handled myself better than tim because i hope you're you aired that whole rant
1: oh yeah I, I most definitely aired that whole rant just kept it rolling okay <laughs> That was fun. It gets me excited for football season. I was feeling pretty down after the Open Championship because it was like not only not exciting, I lost a bunch of money. But I woke up this morning and was like, you know what? We only got a few more golf tournaments left. I love golf. This is going to be fun. And we just have fun football shows that I won't get burnt out onto until like the last week of October or something like that. So that'll be fun, too. All I'm right. here for all of it. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Smash the like, sub to the newsletter and the YouTube channel on the way out. Congratulations to everyone who won money at the Open Championship and won money on the giveaways for the week. We'll be running back some giveaways for week one of football. And go to runthesims.com if you want to make your own projections completely free right now. So I'd highly recommend that you go check that out and play in the Listeners League. It's open right now. It's down in the description. So let's fill it up. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.
0: That's experience. Experience.